You're actually helping the weak and you're forgiving when you could crush them. Because if you're in a stronger situation and someone wrongs you, you could just bring massive retaliation. But if you're forgiving them, the strong isn't eating the weak, right? The stronger man potentially voluntarily being the weaker one. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Switching Lenses. Shane, we just finished up our series on defining justice. I think we did four episodes on that, covered a lot of ground. And naturally, we kind of thought, you know, what, what should we follow this up with? And naturally, we thought with the content that we just talked about in the Defining Justice series, we thought the idea of forgiveness would be a great follow-up to this. And we've entitled this whole series, The Profundity of Forgiveness. Shane, we're seeing a lot of things going on. I know we keep saying that with all these episodes, but we, we're living pretty, in a pretty crazy time right now. We're seeing a lot of things. We're seeing a lot of racial tension out there. Uh, with that, we're seeing protests, we're seeing riots, we're seeing a lot of people claiming injustice left and right. And what we want to do is we're saying this is a problem because what we're seeing kind of being birthed out of this is this idea of unforgiveness. And this is a huge, huge problem. This is a problem for any society that would follow in these steps. So what we do is we've got this we have this series. We're ready to go. We got this laid out. What we want to do in this series, we're going to make this a three-part series. In this first part, we're going to talk about unforgiveness itself. This is called Behind the Door of Unforgiveness. We're going to take a look at what unforgiveness does to a person and to a society. In the follow-up episode, we're going to look at how the Bible looks at forgiveness. What did Jesus say about forgiveness and the effect that it would have? And then lastly, in our third episode, we're going to look at how can we apply this? How can we take our current situation that we have that we're seeing in front of us and how can we apply forgiveness and how can we identify unforgiveness and the problems that it might create? So let's get into this first episode. Shane, let's look behind the door of unforgiveness. Shane, the idea of forgiveness, if you really think about it, kind of seems a bit unreasonable, doesn't it? Yeah, it's something that you you don't see reflected anywhere else. I mean, you look at any other source, you know, you look at the natural world or in any other area. It's something that forgiveness is something that's very unique. Yeah, one thing I've really found interesting about if we look at uh, the other side of the coin, unforgiveness. I've always found it interesting that like unforgiveness you know, something on some level that has kind of a negative association tied to it mm-hmm. can become something, it can be somewhat palatable or tolerated uh, for some people, unlike other negative connotations like abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, things like that. What I'm saying is I've heard many people say, I will never forgive them, right? That's a pretty common saying yeah, when someone definitely. feels hurt. I guess I'm sort of surprised. I'm sort of uh, intrigued in eff- how, how somebody can so effortlessly say something like that. They can willfully disclose a statement like that. I'll never forgive them. Something we know has a negative connotation, but say it so easily. That's something that really kind of catches my attention with this idea uh, of unforgiveness. But let's kind of dig into this a little bit. That's just sort of my thoughts on this. Shane, let's say somebody wrongs you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
somebody's running down the street and they push you into the side, knock you down, knock you into a wall, whatever it is. They know they did it. You know, what's what's usually the natural reaction? Anytime somebody wants to, does something bad to us, wrongs us in some way, what's usually our first reaction to that? Well, we want some uh, retaliation or retribution. Right, yeah, retaliation is usually what we're thinking, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, and that's, I mean, you would say that's fairly universal. Most people, whether it's, and by the way, it does, I think sometimes when people hear the word retaliation, they think physical retaliation. It's not always physical, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can retaliate. And I mean, what's the the phrase that's so pop? Passive aggressive, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to sure. get even, but you're going to do it on your own time or or do it in an indirect way. Yeah, there, you, you could fall anywhere on the scale of how you're going to retaliate. But so let me ask you this, Shane. I know, I know these these questions are going to start a little simple at first, but they're really building towards something. This is really sort of the foundation. So Shane, I'm going to ask you: Does retaliation actually solve the problem? Or here's, here's an even better way of saying it. Does it ever restore what was actually lost? So, you know, it definitely doesn't. And I think <laughs> I think of even course, of when a person's doing it, that it doesn't. But I would say this, real, re- the desire for retaliation points to something I think very significant. Sometimes when you just paint with a broad brush and you just say retaliation's negative, you're overlooking the fact that you're looking at something that has been done to you that has broken the moral code or moral law, and it's created a debt, a so, debt that a cost that has to be paid. Yeah, go ahead. So you're, you're getting, so I mean, t- to piggyback off our last series, mm-hmm. you're saying an injustice has taken place, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to acknowledge um, that there has been a debt. I mean, it's, I, I think in my own life, it's something if I try to act like it's something that didn't bug me and I try to sweep it under the corner. It'll invariably, it will pop back up. So I think it's really important to say, yeah, retribution or retaliation doesn't actually solve the problem or restore, but it does point to a moral debt that has been, uh, that needs to be paid in one way or another. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think I think we, we can all relate to that. We can all, we all think in, in those terms, I think on, on some level, you know, when I was preparing for this episode, I was kind of thinking like, What's a word that would be the opposite of forgiveness? I'm trying to, you know, just kind of brainstorm. And then I mean, it, it took a few minutes to hit me, but I was like, um, unforgiveness maybe? <laughs> but I'd already typed it in the notes. I left it there and I hadn't done anything with it. But Shane, you thought like, you, but you had some thoughts on that. I was like, hey, should we just take that out? But you're like, hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Well, I think it's important to think that through with forgiveness to actually, you know, it's a temptation my, in my own life. I'm speaking from my personal example just to pretend like something didn't happen, overlook it, rather than kind of to talk about like the first question, rather than saying, hey, no, a a debt was created, something, there's been an injustice. And so I think it's important to, if you're going to look at forgiveness square in the face, to realize, you know, to me, an attribute of unforgiveness would be harshness. There's a brutality, a harshness to unforgiveness. To me, forgiveness always speaks of a graciousness and a willingness to absorb that cost that's very gracious and mm-hmm. so when I, I anytime i've been around someone that is operating under that principle of unforgiveness i mean these are attributes i would descriptive attributes would be harshness bitterness yeah. cynical you know jaded i mean Resi- you know to resentment. me all of them yeah yeah all of them kind of speak to that like you said that opposite side of the coin of forgiveness when you when you're talking about unforgiveness trying to think of descriptive words for it it's yeah it's funny you put it that way because again going back to how i started this whole thing you know 
a lot of people have no problem with this idea of I will not for, I, I refuse to forgive mm-hmm. them. I'll never forgive them. But you use those words that you just said and say, would you ever have a problem with somebody using those words to describe you? I bet they'd have a very different reaction. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to be described that way, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So let's get to like the, the big granddaddy question right here, I think, at least in my view. And I want to talk about worldview. You know, uh, <laughs> big shock. We're going to talk about worldview <laughs> on, this, on this podcast. You know, we always talk about worldview. Worldview is so integral, you know, right? What is yes. it? Uh, I, think you, I think you told me this. Uh, I thought it was great that worldview affects the culture and the culture affects the politics. I mean, we're so focused yeah. on the politics, we forget sort of the precursors to that, the, 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 the things that actually influence the politics. So worldview is huge. It's, it's, yes. a, it's a huge, huge question. So speaking in those terms, or about to, what I'm about to ask in those terms, let's sort of take uh, sort of the, we always like to take the atheistic view. We, I know we, try, we speak for atheists sometimes on the show. We do the best we can. Self-preservation is a very important aspect of atheism. So if self-preservation or survival is the ultimate ethic, right, to be attained, does forgiveness serve any beneficial role or can it be an anchor that holds somebody back? You know what? I am passionate about this because forgiveness gives you connection to people and it's through that connection that you get all the benefits of community. I mean, you literally get all the upsides of the collective knowledge, the collective skills and ability that being in a community can, can give you. So, and, and that's really, I mean, that's, it just brings such benefit to your life. You know, if I had to build a laptop, it'd be a pretty crappy laptop and I wouldn't be happy with it because I'm able to do something else and make money and buy a well-made laptop by people that specialize in that. And so I like it better when you say, I can't make my own iPad. I like that phrase better, but that's okay. We'll we'll go with that. Let's go. That's fine. Sorry. Go ahead. I use that all the time. I, I use that quote. I can't build my own iPad. I talk yeah, about meeting other was, people. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I, I am passionate about um, community. There's such great blessings um, in community and the the uh, diversity of perspective you get. I mean, how many of us have been looking at a problem or situation in our life, and then someone else comes along and shares an insight, and you're like, "Wow, I never saw that." Yeah. Even though I'm looking at the same thing, I never saw the perspective that only you have that you're sharing with me through language. There's such amazing benefits to being in community and having a relationship with other people. And so forgiveness is, is, is such a bridge for that. And so, uh, you know, I, I look at that and if you're, if your ultimate ethic is self preservation, survival of the fittest, everyone's a rival and you're trying to make your way. I mean, I, I don't see from a naturalistic point of view, it's, it's a much harsher world. You see more potential rivals as opposed to partners. And so that's something that I don't see how it could have rose from a naturalistic viewpoint. Can you see it, Josh? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head here. I can't see how it would fit into a survival of, of the fittest worldview. Um, yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think you said it really well. If I'm going around forgiving people, there are situations we could come up with where that could very well threaten my survival and would be very counterproductive and on some level counterintuitive. Again, if self-preservation is the ultimate ethic that is to be attained. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. I know we're going to get to this in another episode. Jesus said a lot of things that really challenged our own intuitions and our own rationale. 
So this shouldn't really be any surprise, I don't think, if you've studied the Gospels at any length. But yeah, to sum up, yeah, this is, if, if, if self-preservation is really what I'm after, if I'm really trying to survive, the needs of others really, really aren't any of my concern. Okay, speaking to unforgiveness, as we've been talking about so far, let's kind of try to sum this up here, Shane. We're going to, as we say, tie a bow on this. What would be the inevitable outcome if I have a society where unforgiveness is just running rampant through this society? Or or I'll put it this way, if a society clothed in unforgiveness, what's the inevitable outcome of something, of a society like that? You know, ultimately, I mean, if you point to it, um, uh, the hatred that gives birth to genocide. I mean, I'm thinking Rwanda in the 90s would be an example. Yeah, the uh, Hutu and the Tutu, um, the the strife that caused, what, close to a million people? I mean, people talk back and forth, but they're still finding bodies. They're still finding graves. You know, so it's like, have we put a final um, uh, tally on that when they're still finding? I mean, we're talking, what? Happened in the mid '90s, and we're talking about in 2020. They're still finding mass graves, uh, you know. So, to me, the in the outcome ultimately ends up in something that looks like genocide or, or mass killing. But I mean, even before you get there, you know, you you see the Nietzsche. One of the things he hated about Christianity is the forgiveness aspect, the idea because when you bring in forgiveness between individuals, you're actually bringing in a, in a quality. You know, you're you're not bringing retribution or massive retaliation. I think of the Hell's Angels motto is uh, "massive retaliation for whatever slight, yeah, yeah ma- uh, bring overwhelming or massive retaliation." When you bring that, that creates inequality to situations. You know that 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 you're gonna you're gonna bring that machine gun to the knife fight, right? Yeah. And so it just it just this cycle of violence that it, it uh, gives birth to. But even before you get there. I mean, Nietzsche saw so clearly, one of my favorite atheists, he said that Christianity, in Christianity, that that you're helping the weaker people out, you're forgiving people. And so it's the ultimate ethic against Darwinism, right? Yeah. You're actually helping, helping the weak and you're forgiving when you could crush them, right? Because if you're in a stronger situation and someone wrongs you, you could just bring massive retaliation. But if you're mm-hmm. forgiving them, then the strong isn't eating the weak, right? The stronger man isn't right. And it's mm-hmm. not the stronger, the winner takes all, right? And so yeah, that- The stronger man potentially yeah. voluntarily being the weaker one in yeah. some cases. Yeah. And and so that, and that's one of the things for me personally that I struggled with forgiveness is I, I saw it as a sign of weakness rather than see, it actually is a sign of a stronger society. It, it gives birth to a stronger man that gives birth to a stronger community, right? One that's a strong forgiveness yeah. ethic brings. Right. Yeah. Well, if, if you sit and think about it, that's what I'm saying. Like this idea is really counterintuitive, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, because the natural inclination is I'll, I'll show them, I'll get even, you know, again, we, we talked about this in the justice series. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny how you say that. It's like, but, but what's the key word there? I, I'll yeah, get yeah, that's them. True. Right. That's true. I mean, yeah. there's something inherently selfish about unforgiveness. It's at a focus on your, uh, uh, anytime I've been operating in, when I'm feeling acutely unforgiveness, there is a myopic view of myself. It's my slights, what I'm going through, how I'm feeling, right? I mean, well, it's inherently that, selfish. Well, that's the perfect little transition to our kind of last question 
is like, you know, when, when we grasp these reins of unforgiveness, what effect does it have on us personally? I mean, not as opposed to societally or culturally, yeah, yeah, like we yeah. just talked about, but about personally. Yeah. And I think, I think you were about to get into that or you were kind of stepping your foot into that. Yeah, um, it absolutely gives birth to a bitterness in every person that I've ever been around that's bitter and jaded. The, you know, it, you lack the ability to have social cohesion. You're suddenly, you're left with your own hurts. You start, you know, it's easy to feel alienated. You're moving away from other people. It's like C.S. Lewis's classic vision of hell is people always moving away from each other. Anytime I've been hurt by someone, the last thing I want to do is be around them. Well, guess what's mm-hmm. great for building families and communities, being around people, you know, but yeah. people, you know, human relations at best are messy. If you're not operating in forgiveness, you'll never be, be able to be around people because you're always going to cut each other. Just like an engine, no matter how well an engine is made, you have to have oil to lubricate the moving parts, right? Right. And so that forgiveness is the lubrication. You know, I, I when I see that, it helps me to realize I'm never going to have a great relationship with my kids, with my extended family, with even my wife, if I'm not operating, if forgiveness is not a fundamental principle that's lubricating everything, right? You'll never, right, get, the, yeah. you'll never get the blessings and benefits of community and family if, if you're going to get hurt um, and not be able to forgive because you will get hurt, right? Like oh, people, sure. <laughs> people have, uh, yeah, human relations, like you say, are best. A bastard messy, but guess what? If there's broken people, including ourselves, broken people have sharp edges. Anything broken, any clay pot, yeah, that's broken has a sharp edge. You're going to get cut. And so I think it's far better to realize the strength, like you said, the counterintuitive strength of forgiveness. It's of great value. Yeah, I was going to say something, but man, I think you just you just put you just ended it greatly right there. I like that. Thanks. That was really good about the broken people and sharp edges. I like that. I remember that, that one. That's good. So cool. Um, I'll go on and say what I was going to say, I guess, a little bit. You know, what, what I'm reminded of, yeah, why I can't help myself. I'm kind of reminded of, you know, when you watch like UFC fighters or, or, or boxer, somebody, somebody competes in some kind of physical fighting like that, you know, I, I would watch these, you know, and like, you know, they're jawing at each other. They're, they're doing interviews, talking trash and all this stuff. And then they're getting the ring and they're, you know, some of them, they're, again, the talking's going again and it's, getting physical and then you know somebody's gonna win and then like one of these rematches come around and then it like it, it, it escalates and it gets even worse and i'm just like think, sitting here thinking like y'all are never gonna solve this like even if the person who lost the first match won the next one then the guy who lost that he's upset it's like, like he says it's never-ending cycle and even if you sort of even if you were you feel wronged and you go like let's take the fighter sense out of it let's say you they said something about you or you lost the match or whatever. And you go back out there and let's say you pound them to a pulp and you win. Do you really feel better? Like, does the anger go away? No, it doesn't. I mean, especially when that person's jawing back at you, does something else, tries to come back at you harder, then the anger just comes flooding, right? If it's not already there already, like it never fully went away, which it probably didn't, you know, here, here it comes again. It's just like this never ending cycle. Uh, when we just, when it's, when it's constantly retaliate and they retaliate back, Man, it's, it's just such a terrible, terrible place to be. And, uh, and even even great conquerors. I mean, look at Napoleon. What what's the famous line? A conquered people can't sit on bayonets. Even if you're a conqueror and you win, if you don't have reconciliation, um, you you can't ever turn your back. Right. The yeah. places that you conquered, they'll rise up against you. And so that's why they say uh, often gunfighters were the friendliest guys in the old west town 
is because they always knew someone could take a pot shot at them when they weren't looking. Like at some <laughs> level, at some yeah. level, you don't, it sounds great to be the tough guy, but at some level, do you really want to be fighting your all the time? Do you really want to be looking over yeah. your back? Right? Nobody, yeah, nobody yeah, no one wants that. to live like that. You, ha, that's not peace. That's not a creative yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could argue you're alive, but you're not really living. Yeah. And absolutely. something like that. So, all right, Shane, well, that about wraps us up. Uh, this was a really good talk. We're going to transition to our next episode. We'll talk about what biblical forgiveness looks like. So we'll be calling this next episode, Answering the Challenge of Biblical Forgiveness. Remember, you can always email the show at feedback at switchinglensespodcast.com. Excuse me. You can tweet us at at switchlensespod. And then, of course, you can always find everything, all videos, all blogs, all podcast episodes at our website, switchinglensespodcast.com. Well, Shane, thanks for joining me. As always, always oh. enjoy your insight. Yeah, always a great time, Josh. And we will see you guys next time.